Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into yet another trade edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I feel like we've done a lot of these the last couple of weeks. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me to discuss the Blackhawks' latest wheeling and dealing is Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, you were at Prospect Camp today, and the Blackhawks pulled the trigger on yet another move, sending Artem Anisimov to the Hockey Siberia of <laughs> Ottawa in exchange for Zach Smith. What are your first reactions to this trade, Jay? And just how are you, man? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. I'm doing very well. Everything's good. Good to talk to you. I like that we have action in the summer. It's good for us. That's a good thing. Uh, not only was I at Prospects Camp, but I was talking to Will Chuckerman from Blackhawks PR as the email was apparently sent. Him and I had a nice like 10-minute conversation, just catching up. How's everything going? How's camp been? Oh, how's the family? Great. He's like, all right, well, I got to run downstairs. I'll catch you later. I'm like, yeah, great. So I pick up my phone and the email's on my phone. So I turn around, I'm like, you couldn't have said anything? And he just like, he just shrugged and like laughed. <laughs> I'm like, you jerk. I, like, it would have been helpful, you know, five minutes ago when you knew about this and didn't tell me. It was pretty funny. But yeah, it was, yeah. uh, was kind of buzzing around uh, camp. It was almost like right when the Hawks took the ice for camp that the trade happened and some people in the audience were reacting to it and some people in the media were reacting to it not a big surprise that Anisimov's gone I think I don't know what this phenomenon and and I want to be careful not to like paint with a broad brush because a small sample size doesn't speak for everybody but again people I'm seeing people like kind of upset with this I don't know look you got rid of a contract you had to get rid of yeah, you brought back another not great contract, but you brought back a legitimate NHL player and you didn't have to give up an asset to get rid of the Nisimov deal. As time was going by, it started to feel like, oh God, they're going to have to throw in, you know, like a Chad Chris or like someone on that level to get rid of Anisimov. And, and the fact that they didn't and they gained $1.3 million in cap space and they get a guy that can play and fills a need for them. I, I I like the deal. I would rather see a kid 
take Zach Smith's roster spot or play instead of Zach Smith. But if you listen to Stan Bowman talk today, he definitely sounds like he's part of the plans and he's going to be here and he's going to play. So, hey, you didn't have to give up an asset to move him. You gained some cap space. So, all in all, I think it's a win. It's not exciting, but it's a win. Well, I mean, okay. So, like, I don't understand, like, the the angst about uh, saving $1.3 million in cap space each of the next two seasons. I don't understand the angst about bringing in a guy who was one of Ottawa's key penalty killers last season. Not quite sure why, like, everybody would be so upset about that. He's not, like, the world's greatest faceoff guy, but he's won roughly 50.7% of his career faceoffs, won a shade over 49% last season. So, I mean, you're basically, you're getting a guy who wins half of his draws. You're getting a guy who's going to play extensively on the penalty kill no he's not like this like top tier line like gonna play first and second line minutes type guy but the situation is basically this if you were gonna have artem and isimov playing a, a serious top six role next season you're in trouble i would argue the same thing holds true for zach smith and he's cheaper and he's a better penalty killer and he can win 50 percent of his face-offs they're I'm struggling to find a huge downside to this. And I didn't even mention, as you as you did, the biggest benefit of all of this. The Blackhawks didn't have to give up anybody to get rid of Artem Isimov's contract. Like, all I can see here, while they're not, like, resounding, like, blowout victories, this trade is just, it's fine. Yeah. Like, what better could you possibly have expected from an Artem and Isimov trade? Well, again, I don't, I don't want to amplify the voices of a few people, but what I, what I've heard is, you know, why th- people wanted more cap relief, but people aren't just going to take on your crap deals for nothing. I'd rather have Zach Smith and Ch- I just said Chad Chris is is uh, just kind of a a basic like mid level prospect they have, um, not specifically him, but I'd rather have that. And one point three million dollars in cap space, and Zach Smith, then the extra three million. They're not going to do anything with it this year anyway. Yeah, there's there's no free agents left out there. You're going to bring in. Uh, Dzingel was never on their radar. That was a guy they were not interested in. Not at his price either. Uh, not just that. Ask me over a beer sometime, and I have some answers. Um, <laughs> just I'll very quickly. Not the most desirable teammate is what I've been told. Um, so that was why the Hawks were not interested and why a lot of teams weren't interested in Ryan Dezingle. So anyway, I think it's a win. I, again, it's not exciting. It's not sexy, but you moved out a bad contract. You gained cap space and you got a guy that can help you. And like we've talked about all summer, Jeremy Colladin has emphasized needs for guys like this. You need, when you get to the playoffs and hopefully the Blackhawks do, you need some guys that can play the kind of game Zach Smith plays, which is straight ahead which is finishing checks, which is, like you mentioned, killing penalties. Those things are important. And when you look at the things the Hawks were bad at last year, mainly keeping the puck out of the net, I think they've done a lot to address that problem. Robin Leonard is your goalie if Corey Crawford is not. That's good. Andrew Shaw's back. We know he can play on every unit in every position. He is a physical player. He is a grinder in a good way. Uh, Oli Mata is a defensive defenseman. Calvin DeHaan is a defensive defenseman. Ryan Carpenter is a defensive-minded forward. And now uh, Zach Smith is another defensive-minded forward with some offensive upside. The guy scored 20 goals plus twice in his career. Not saying it's going to happen again here, but he's capable. So all in all, sure, you maybe you would like a sexier player to come in and fill these these needs, but the Hawks are a way better team today than they were when the season ended. I don't think there's any question about it. Well, like you said, I think the big issue here or the big thing here is that, no, they have not added like a, a really like kind of sexy, high profile free agent. I've said the word sexy twice in this podcast. Well, Robin Leonard, I think crazy. But I think Leonard would qualify as that. I Do you think so? A one year deal for five and a half million bucks? It's a one year deal, but it's a Vezina runner up. 
Yeah, I mean, but again, it's still a one-year deal. Like, it's not like this is a guy that you're penciling into the rotation for the next, like, three to four to five seasons. I mean, he could be that. They could end up making that move after the season, but it's still not, like, on the level of, like, an, sure. you know, an Artemi Panarin or an Eric Carlson or something like that. Right, right, right. But the reality is, is that you had way more holes than one guy could potentially fill. Yeah. And I still, I still, to... To this point, I still say with the cap space the Blackhawks had and with the, the sheer number of holes that they had to fill on their roster, I, I don't point to a lot of moves that they could have made otherwise that I, I thought would have been home runs compared to what they've done. Like, granted, I'd argue they probably have hit like a double maybe this offseason. Like, they've, they've done decently enough. They haven't, like, knocked anybody's socks off. But the reality is, even with the cap space they had, they just, the sheer number of issues you had to address, I think they've done basically about as well as they could have. Like, there, yeah. there have really been few things this offseason where I've just gone, okay, what the F are you thinking? Other than one certain trade that may have happened like a week ago. Yeah, the Yokoharu thing, obviously, is what you're referencing, and that's still a bit strange. I uh, got to watch uh, Alex Nylander a little bit today. The skill is evident. I Be- think very clearly is an NHL-ready player. Like, that's not a shock. I would think so. And, you know... Something I forgot about his father and uh, his brother, William, they're bigger than you think. Like they have those those Swedish baby faces. And I think a lot of people assume because of the style of play that they're small. They're not small. William Nylander or Alex Nylander. That's going to be a problem for me all year is saying yeah. the wrong Nylander name over. I'm just going to have to like say it in my head over and over again. Alex Nylander is a big forward. And if he, they had somehow gotten William Nylander, we'd probably be having a different uh, conversation yes. right now. <laughs> that would be a different, yes, a different uh, offseason tenor for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he looked good. And, again, look, everyone looks good in prospects camp. That's a given. But Nylander stood out as a guy who definitely looks a step ahead of the prospects, aside from Doc, aside from Boquist. We'll get into this because I was there today. Um, but I, Neilander to me looks ready too. So I don't know. We're, we'll see. It's going to be, there are a very few roster spots and a lot of people to fill them out, which is a good problem to have. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, when you look at it, so Zach Smith's going to play Shaw's going to play. Yep. Uh, from everything Stan Bowman has said, and of course this was before free agency, but Dominic Kubelik is going to play. They brought in Anton Whedon. They re-signed David Kampf. Yep. Um, traded for Alex Nylander. They have Dylan Secura. There's still a chance a guy like Kirby Dot could play. Yep. Perlini is still. Got John Quenville. Alexi Sorella is yeah. a guy who could possibly be in this lineup. Yeah, Perlini is still not signed, but he's uh, on the roster as a restricted free agent. By the way, that came up today. Scott Powers asked Stan Bowman, does this sort of thing you know, free up money for uh, Perlini? And Stan was not like, yes, it does. <laughs> he was just kind of <laughs> like, it gives us some flexibility to do some things. Like he, he, I don't know. For, I, I told you last podcast that they've been trying to move Perlini and nothing I heard today made it sound any different. I don't know. Now it makes sense because you've got all these bodies and Zach Smith is kind of what you envision Perlini to be, what you want him to be. But yeah, it, it, I actually was going to bring that up at some point. It's just that that, yeah, he makes more than Brendan Perlini was probably set to make. He's making, you know, 3.25 million bucks or whatever, and that's definitely more than Perlini's going to get in free agency. But it's essentially that role, that, like, bottom six forward role, like, that's pretty much what you were going to expect from Perlini anyway. So, yeah, I, yeah I, pretty I, much I, becoming redundant at this point. Yeah, I don't see – I don't know. I, if they bring him back – the team's pretty good. I just, you know, Drake Kajula is still on the team. It's a guy we never talk about. Yeah. Who look like these guys are all still here. I don't know where they're all going to play. Maybe Rockford's going to be terrific next year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, if you want to order yourself a brand new number 15 Zach Smith jersey, and I'm sure the phones are ringing off the hook at Triple Threat Sports for that, give them a call. Chris at Triple Threat Sports. He's our guy. He's been with us since day one of the Madhouse podcast, went out to see Chris last week. He made uh, Addy's all-star team, the Homewood Heat. 
We have a lot of new players on the team, so we quickly needed an order for T-shirts. I called Chris on Saturday. I had the shirts, logo printed, beautiful, in my hands on Wednesday. That's the sort of work you get from Triple Threat Sports. Give them a call, 708-478-6090, or email them, chris at triplethreadsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. They're awesome. We love them. Uh, Yeah, so essentially, maybe Zach Smith is the Perlini replacement. And it it makes a ton of sense. He probably gives them uh, what they hope Perlini will be is probably guaranteed from Zach Smith. Does that sound correct? Well, I mean, he, he's been in the league long enough. He's played uh, in Sorry Ottawa games. his entire career. Like, clearly an NHL-ready guy who's going to, I think, be an upgrade to the bottom six, and you're not trying to fit a guy like a Dylan Secura or a, you know, a Kirby Doc into a role that they're maybe not, like, capable of playing at this point in their careers. I think that it's a really – it's a smart move. It bolsters that group, gives you even more forward depth than you had, and that's – That's the thing I just keep harping on over and over again is that this team is so much deeper than they were last season, and they they needed to be. They needed it to be more than just Taves, Kane, Dabrinkit, Strom, and dudes. Like they, They needed that with this bunch, and they definitely have added some scoring punch in certain places. They've added defensive ability in certain places. Like, Calvin Hahn's not going to like blow your mind with his defense. That's not, you know, the the level that we need to be expecting from him. But at the same time, he's going to be a lot more responsible defensively than a lot of other guys. The Blackhawks rolled out there last year. You can say the same thing about Olimata. This entire thing is all about measuring expectations and making sure that they are put to the proper levels of where they need to be. This is the question that I keep kind of coming back to in my head, and I don't know if I've had a satisfactory answer to it yet, but with all I've said about depth and the quality of the roster improving and all of that, the Blackhawks are a playoff team right now in your estimation, aren't they? I think so. I think so. I mean, look, if Corey Crawford is healthy, and that's a big if, granted, it's a big if, you have two all-star goalies in that Whatever goal you want to roll out that night, you're probably going to get an above-average performance. And if one of them goes down, most people, as of two weeks ago when free agency started, were pretty comfortable with Cal and Delia as the backup, right? So if you're looking at now you have Crawford, Leonard, Delia, and Rockford, and Kevin Lankin and Rockford, you've got some goalie depth all of a sudden. That alone, what the Hawks missed the playoffs by six points last year? Something like that, yeah. You're telling me if if Rob, if Corey Crawford is healthy for three more games or five more games, whatever, that they probably don't make up those six points somehow? It's definitely possible. I mean, the way they kind of played once they kind of got their feet underneath them under Jeremy Colladin, I think that they could have stolen a few more points just here and there and gotten to that point. I think they've improved by six or seven points. Uh, yes, I, I don't think there's much doubt about that. Um Again, because the problem was so, the D was so bad last year. And we're forgetting, you had Slater Cuckoo as one of your more reliable defenders. That's a guy whose name we haven't mentioned since July 1st, right? Well, there's a reason for that. But right, but Gustav Forzing was a guy you were counting on for big minutes. Carl Dahlstrom, who's the ideal 7, maybe an 8, right? Like someone gets hurt, that's the guy you call up and you feel good about it. They that's, just signed that guy to a three-year contract, by the way. It's fine, but it's fine. He, it's, it's a cheap, affordable deal. I don't mind locking a guy up like that, but it, it's to have a guy an insurance policy, Carl Dahlstrom, is way better than a shutdown pairing Carl Dahlstrom, and that's what he was last year. Him and Murphy were the pair they relied on to stop the opposition. Mm. Think about that. Yeah, it's a That's a painful thought. This team is much better. I don't care how little you think of Olimata. And how little you think of Calvin DeHaan. But I think most people are down on Mata. He had he had a down year last year. There's no doubt about it. But if you look at his body of work, he's a pretty solid defenseman. He's definitely a top four. He's not the most fleet of foot. But that's what everyone complained about when Dylan Strom got here. And he did fine. Right? I know it's a different position, but he did fine. So I think this team, looking at... I think Nashville took a step back. I know people love Matt Duchesne. Never been a big fan of his. I don't mm-hmm. see him produce when it matters. I just, I don't know. I don't buy him as a superstar. A Winnipeg has people... taken a step back for sure. Yes. 
Um, you know, Dallas has taken a step up. They added Pavelski. They added Corey yep. Perry. Um, so they're going to be better. There's no doubt Colorado about that. Colorado certainly has taken a step forward, I would think. Oh, yes. Colorado is looks really good. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think they're a playoff team. I really do. Yeah, and and I think that it's just based on looking around the Western Conference and who's done what. Like, I think that the Blackhawks have as good an argument as anybody to be a wild card team next year at the very least, if not maybe even sneak into that third spot in the division if they can get – you know, really quality goaltending. And I mean, their defense is still probably going to be bottom half in the league, but even if they're like number 20 instead of number 31 or 30 or 31, that's still a huge improvement, especially with the weapons that they have offensively. Yeah. Scoring is not going to be an issue for them. And Stan Bowman said that today. He said, look, last year we were an offensive team and we haven't really lost anyone that helped us in that department. And he, no. he's kind of right. None of the guys they relied on for goals uh, have left the team. What's funny, Scott Powers asked if losing – I think it was Powers. I don't want to misspeak. But one of the reporters today asked Stan if losing Anisimov is going to hurt the power play depth. And Stan, like, flat out said he did not play on the unit that created any goals for us. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it Ouch, in a mean way. Geez. But he was just saying – he said that – when the Blackhawks had success with the power play, it was Taves, Kane, Strom, DeBrinket, Gustafson. That was yeah. the power play unit that was getting the job done. And Anisimov was on that second unit, but it almost never produced when it was on the ice. So he didn't seem to think it was going to be a big loss there. I, I just thought that was interesting that he was like, yeah, well, that unit didn't score anyway, so it's not a big loss. He didn't <laughs> well, say I mean, it that like... flippantly, but I, he, he just got like for Stan to throw it out there like that. That's yeah. kind of out of character for him. Well, I mean, that to me, like, that's the Michael Scott grimacing uh, gift that I just <laughs> yes. saw in my head. It's like, oh, it's painful, but it's sort of true. Like, ouch. Yeah, it is. It is. It is painfully inaccurate. If we can insert gifts into the uh, podcast screen, that would be really, really great. But um, that's our that's the next uh, step in podcast evolution right there is to be able to add gifts. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, all right, let's let's do uh, let's tell our friends about uh, Marishka's, and then we'll get into what I saw at Prospects Camp today. I want to get your thoughts on what you've heard about what's going on there as well. Want to thank our friends at Marishka's and Crest Hill. We said Triple Threat Sports has been there since the beginning. Marishka's has been there since like day two or day three, so we very much appreciate their patronage and their sponsoring the podcast for all this time. Go visit them, six hundred four Theodore Street in Crest Hill. They are family owned and operated since nineteen thirty three. You hear us tell you every week. Get out there. You've got to go have the poor boy and the the double-baked potato and the onion rings and the mac and cheese and everything I've ever had at Marishka's has been terrific, and that's the truth. It, it really is. That is the truth. I think that if you bring your friends and family there, they're all going to be impressed. They're all going to love it. It's a great value. It's a great place. The food is amazing. So go visit our friends at Marishka's Crest Hill, marishkas.com, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. All right, so I went to Prospects Camp today, and I kept a close eye on, obviously, Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist. Those were the two guys I, whenever they were in action, uh, I watched them very closely. And they impressed as I thought they would, but there were some other guys that played well as well. Um, I want to mention them real quick. Mackenzie Entwistle, who is the kid that was one of the people brought back in the Marion Hosa trade uh, with Arizona last summer. I liked him at prospects camp last year, but he's young and experienced thought he had no shot at making the team. I, by the way, I still think he has no shot at making the team, but every time I watch that kid on the ice and every time I see something happening when he's out there, he is the game just finds him. He's got a way he's got a way about him where I don't know if it's like an awareness of the game or he knows where to be, kind of a knack for it. Alex DeBrinkett has that knack. He can find the area of the ice to make things happen. Uh, I like what I've seen from Mackenzie Entwistle, and if he's not part of the bottom six in two or three years, I'd be pretty shocked. I think that's a, something that we can look back on you know, in a few years and be like, you know what, that was a pretty, pretty decent pickup for the Hawks. I, I like what I've seen from him. Do you recall uh, which was it the Ryan Hartman trade that they got him in? No, it was Hosa. Oh, yeah, it was the Hosa deal. I always like I 
so many of these names just start to run together oh, for I me, know. man. Totally. No, I, I had to... I was like, which... Where did he come from? I, it's weird. I kind of envision... The way I keep it straight in my head is I envision them in their old uniform. Is that... I don't know uh, why. Is that weird? I don't know why that's... It's just kind of how I remember where guys came from. It's odd. I'm Mackenzie Entwistle does not sear himself into my memory in a Coyotes uniform, even though I will to give a shout out to my Coyotes. Uh, Phil Kessel apparently is driving a huge uh, boost in season ticket sales. I saw that. That's amazing. <laughs> By the way, at what point, though, do we say, like, you know what? Maybe there is something to it. Maybe there is something with Phil Kessel that, like, because we all poo-pooed it as like, well, it's Toronto and they're too stuffy and they don't know what they're doing. They're a comically bad franchise. When Kessel left Pittsburgh, it was bad. There was like crap talk going in, in the media from the Penguins. Yeah, that's that's not like a normal thing, especially for a guy with the skins on the wall that Phil Kessel has. It's mostly uh, fried chicken skins, by the way. Okay, sorry. I didn't have to do that. I'm fat shaming. Oh, that was just gratuitous. <laughs> I'm fat. I can do it. We're a brotherhood. Yeah, you, I was going to say, well, you know, out of anybody that, you know, could potentially uh, offer up this, uh, you know, hot take, I suppose you're uh, you're okay doing it. But uh, you know what? I am going to say one thing about the Pittsburgh Penguins is that any organization that goes out of its way to give you know all that money to Jack Johnson certainly knows what it's doing, right? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Solid point by you. All right, the other guy who is not a uh, household name for the Blackhawks who stood out for me at camp. I'm gonna get to Boquist. I'm gonna get to Bodan. Quit yelling at me. I'm getting there. All right. You know what? We, we interviewed Adam Boak, or sorry, Jay interviewed Adam Boquist today. Why don't you guys calm down? Yeah, yeah. Calm down. I, I'm definitely not trying to pull up my column so I can remember the guy's name who impressed me today. That's definitely not <laughs> happening at the moment. You Wait, you literally wrote a column and now you can't remember who it's it was? It's the Russian guy, and I'm forgetting his first name. Philip Kurashev. Philip Kurashev. I can never spell the Philip in his name it's correctly, by the one way. one L, two P's. Or actually, three P's. But it's one L in the middle, two P's at the end. I was going to say, like, it's three, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's how you spell it. He was... They signed him in March, and it's sort of as things do when you don't know the name very well. It fell through the cracks. He is highly skilled. He made a move today. It was in uh, one-on-one drill, which, again, it's drills. It's preseason. It's prospects camp. All of those you know, notes noted. It was one-on-one drill. Had his back to the defender, so the defender had leverage on him. They're, like, right in the crease. Kurashev pulls the puck between both of their legs, spins out of the defense and comes out on the other side and has a perfect wide open shot to take. And it got saved, but the move itself, like, you know, it's called a nutmeg in soccer where you just put it through the guy's leg and humiliate him. Mm-hmm. That's he did the hockey equivalent of a nutmeg and uh, it was right in tight with the goalie. Really impressive. So after I saw that move, I'm like, Oh, all right, there's something to keep an eye on. And the more I watched him, the more I liked him. So that's another sort of periphery prospect to keep an eye on. And again, when we talk about Entwistle and Kurashev, these are the kind of guys who might not make it here, but they could be parts of a trade, right? Those are sort of the assets you can use to improve your team when they probably won't project to make your roster down the road. All right, now to the big names. Kirby Doc. It's who I paid attention to most. And what I'm going to do is go in my Wayback Machine to Prospects Camp when Tuomo Rutu was a rookie. It was the first time. Remember, it took years for the Hawks to sign him. He was playing overseas. They couldn't get a deal done. It was classic Bill Wirtz crap. Finally, 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 they signed Tuomo Rutu. He comes over. Me and my Blackhawk nerd friends head over to the edge in Bensonville, which is where the Hawks used to practice for some reason. And Rutu stands out so clearly among the other people on the ice, among the other prospects. He's skating circles around them. He's faster than them. He's stronger than them. It is apparent who the best player on the ice is. I did not see that today from Kirby Doc. I don't mean it as a criticism, but there were not any like truly jaw-dropping moments from him. But what I did see was a guy who towered over everyone not named Velasic, obviously, 
and in tight in traffic doesn't miss a beat with his stick handling gee who said that the first time the blackhawks got the number three pick in the draft you did whoever could that have been that was you and and really in tight close to the crease it was almost like he was better i don't know if his focus level went up when the pressure was on but some of the things i saw from him the creativity the ability with his size to dangle the puck in close to the net and through defenders those were the moments that kind of blew me away. It wasn't the speed, it wasn't the stick handling, it wasn't the flash, but there's substance to his game. And I see that very well translating to the NHL. Mm-hmm. When the game is happening, when people are defending you, that's when I need to see that skill. You can skate circles around the ice and stick handle through a bunch of non-moving pucks, but when there's big men trying to hurt you, <laughs> what can you do then? And when I saw Kirby Doc up against that today, he excelled. It was very, very encouraging. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Friday when they have the scrimmages. Like, I know that obviously you're still not playing at 100% full speed, but I do know that those guys are out there trying to prove a point to upper management when they're on the ice. I know that obviously they're not out there trying to like hurt each other or anything like that, but there's some edge to the game when those guys are out there for these uh, scrimmages. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm definitely heading out to uh, the, is it the fifth third arena now? Like I I always forget which bank is sponsoring the uh, Blackhawks practice ice. But anyway, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Kirby Doc. Kurashev was definitely a guy that was going to be on my list to check out along with Entwistle. I I really do want to check out Alexi Sorella as well. Um, I think that could be a really interesting guy to kind of keep an eye on. He was not part of the group I saw. Okay. So I, I know that he's on the list of guys who are practicing. Unfortunately, it's really a bummer. Dominic Kubelik isn't on going to be on the ice. Uh, Evan Barrett, I believe, is also not participating in on ice drills, which is kind of a bummer. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Sorella and then those other guys, because I do think that they're part of the group that could potentially be competing for, you know, as the dark horse, you know, candidate for those roster spots coming out of camp. I did already mention Alex Nylander, by the way. Um what I, I saw, just, from, I assume he's going to be on the roster. Like I, I hope to so. me, I don't feel like he's part of a competition per se. Well, I was sort of surprised he was here. That that to me gave me a little bit of oh, they still look at him as a prospect, so maybe it's not guaranteed. Here's what I saw from Nylander, and like we discussed when the trade happened, say Michael, say William, say Alex, it's going to be the same thing. High end skill, not a lot of interest in defending the puck. Hmm. I mean, makes sense. It's drills. Right? Yeah. But that was a knock on him in Buffalo. I know that he's getting a little irritated with those constant questions about his work ethic, which anybody would. If someone keeps coming to you, be like, why are you lazy? <laughs> of course, you're going to put your defenses up and you're going to get well, tired I, of answering the question. probably stop being lazy then. Well, you would think so. And I, I'm not going to say he wasn't lazy during no, drills, but no, he's, no. he's definitely offense first, offense second. Mm-hmm defense maybe third you know what that's fine though but you have to be able to score a bunch of goals to be able to do that we'll see that's the thing and so that's kind of what worries me is he has not put up high-end numbers in the minors at all you know Mm -hmm. like even guys who have struggled in the past to make that step to the nhl you've seen them at least put big numbers up in the uh in the american hockey league or wherever you know like um uh, Dylan Strom, when he was with Tucson in 2017-18, he had 53 points in 50 games. Yeah, he struggled to do it at the American Hockey League or at the National Hockey League level, but once he was in the minors, he dominated. And that has not been the case with Nylander. And that's, I know it's different, and you can't compare everybody, but that to me is kind of that's the difference, and that's where I have a little bit of hesitation with saying he's a day one guaranteed roster spot. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I still I think it's his spot to lose. I guess I can still say now, like I said, I'm going to head out there on Friday and I'm going to check out this scrimmage and kind of see with my own eyes what you've been talking about. But yeah, I, I get the sense that he was brought in specifically because he was kind of, you know, probably going to be the head dog at this kind of thing where he should be 
the best guy on the ice. And if he's not, then maybe that's kind of a, you know, warning signal to the Blackhawks. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a lot of guys, really. Like, it's really going to be an interesting camp because it's going to be kind of difficult to pick out a guy that's like, oh, yeah, he's for sure, you know, going to be in the mix at the end of uh, training camp just because there are so many of them. It's so wide open this year, and that's, I think, what makes it kind of entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I wish I could be there, but the scrimmage happens during my show, so I'm glad you're going to be there to sort of keep an eye on things. Okay, now I have to get to Adam Boquist. I was so impressed with Adam Boquist today. We all know the offense is there. That is a given. That's never been a concern. We saw it in camp last year. We saw it in the preseason last year. The numbers he put up for London last year were astronomical. The kid can flat out move the puck and score for defensemen. What I saw today from him defensively was so encouraging. And look, he's not going to be Nicholas Lidstrom. It's it's never going to happen for him. But what I saw today was a defenseman with solid instincts. And the I think one thing that stood out, and, and I would think you'd agree, I don't want to speak for you, his confidence last year with the puck was impressive. It was like, wow. This kid really believes that he has the ability to make these plays, and a lot of the times he did. What I'm seeing this year, or what I saw today, I don't want to overstate it, what I saw today at camp was a kid whose defensive confidence is catching up with an offensive confidence. He was on the ice against Doc and Nylander, and he was winning a few times. On two-on-one drills, he would come away with the puck, or he would prevent a scoring chance. He was incredibly impressive today. And from what talking to some people in the organization, just from being around the rink today, they're all impressed with him off the ice too. Really coming into his own, um, you know, more talkative, more assertive. You saw him, it's a little thing, but he dropped an S-bomb in an interview yesterday. That shows comfort. That shows a level of belief and, and confidence in yourself where you're not totally guarded all the time. And what I saw from Boquist was, uh, a guy who looks ready. I think he looks ready. I don't know where he's going to play on this team because the top six is pretty set. But I think if he starts the season well, like let's say preseason he's great, goes down to Rockford and just starts dominating, they'll move a defenseman to get him here. I'm not I don't I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think he today I went in with kind of moderate expectations and he blew him away for me. I thought he was terrific. Yeah, and I mean, the that's one thing that kind of kept coming up last week when we were all talking about the Henry Okaharu trade is, you know, did he didn't maybe didn't have the ceiling of a guy like an Adam Boquist or a Nicholas Bodan. And it, that's really the, you know, long and the short of it. And everything that I've seen both verbally from Adam Boquist and from his play on the ice, and granted, again, I wasn't there today, but I did see, you know, a decent amount of him during the season at the junior level and at the national level. I am impressed with the strides forward that he's taking in his game. And it's really hard when you're a high scoring defensive defenseman to kind of add that element to your game, that defensive element. You really have to work your tail off to get there. And from all indications, I feel like he's making strides forward in that area. And I think the organization sees that. And that's maybe why you were a little bit more comfortable in getting rid of a guy like a Henry Yokoharu. And that's not a knock on him. That's just a credit to Adam Boquist and kind of the work ethic and the willingness to kind of mold his game to what he needs it to be at the NHL level. And I give him all the credit in the world for having the maturity to know that that's what's being expected of him. And I definitely think that he He's going to end up at the NHL level sooner rather than later. And I'm really intrigued to see what happens with the uh, changes and the improvements that he's been making, especially on the defensive side of the ice. Well, guess what? Today at camp, I had the opportunity to catch up with Adam Boquist. Why don't we play that interview next? But first, we got to tell you about our friends at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. I saw Ray and Tobias tonight out at dinner. They were drinking Moscow Mules. Very strange for me. I was like, what? Huh? You're not just constantly drinking beer. <laughs> you know, it's like, Jay, where's your uh, podcast equipment? Where's your hockey stick? Yeah, we have other lives. I was shocked to see that Ray and Tobias drink things other than beer. How strange. Um, but great to see them. Things are going well at Rabid. You want to go there. You want to try the Zool. 
you want to try the Hemoglobin. Everything there is so good, so creative. Tobias is the mad scientist behind all their craft beers. Go to Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. You're going to love it. Rabbitbrewing.com. Check them out. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. When we come back, you will hear my interview from Prospects Camp today with Blackhawks defenseman Adam Boquist on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, babe, just a few. (laughs) All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. (laughs) The smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski with you here. James Naveau out in Bourbon A. We're about to bring you the Adam Boquist interview. But before we do, that interview is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Cafe. With locations in Burbank and Darien, visit chuckscafe.com. Go get their barbecue. Go get their Mexican. Go get their Cajun. Go get their bar food. Whatever you have a taste for, Chuck's will have it. You want a burger? You want wings? You want some nachos? Done. You want some uh, jambalaya? It's the best you've ever had. You want some incredible desserts? They got it there. I don't know if I I don't talk about the cobblers enough. You guys got to go and try the cobblers at Chuck's. It's like a hot fruit pie covered in vanilla ice cream. It is absolutely perfect. It is phenomenal. It is the greatest dessert you'll ever have. Go there, chuckscafe.com, Burbank, Darien. Do it. So today after prospects camp, I got to catch up with Blackhawks defenseman Adam Boquist, and I asked him, Adam, it's your second camp with the Blackhawks. What feels different for you this year? Yeah, I feel more comfortable. Uh, you know, first first time is, yeah, of course, nervous and excited. And now I know, like, a little bit how the deck camp is and uh, how the staff and everything is and uh, how it works. So, yeah, I try to do my best out there and show show them that I'm, yeah, had to improve in the summer and, yeah, I, yeah I'm trying to try to take so much information about uh, Brian and Anders and Mark and everyone out there at ice too. So. Well, now that you're one of the, you know, last year or two, but now that you've been around a year and you're around all these prospects, do you feel a bit of a leadership role in this camp? I know once you get to training camp and Taves and Kane and Seabrook are there, it's different. But for you here, do you take on a bit of a leadership role at all? Uh, I don't think about that. I just try to be myself. Uh, that's what I only thing I can do. And uh, of course, uh, the Brought four players is not here, so uh, yeah, it's a couple of new guys here, so I'm trying to yeah help them and push them and uh, yeah yeah of course be a leader. What specifically from this camp last year to now do you feel like you've gotten the best at? What what part of your game, your offensive game's always been there, but just watching you in drills, your defense has really seemed to improve. What's been the biggest improvement in your mind over the last year? I think I, yeah, that's what I'm saying, improve my defense. Uh, I know, like, last couple of years, it wasn't good. And uh, it's hard, to, uh, like, when you go out and you have to think defense all the time. But it's, like, in my back now, so a little bit. So I'm just go out there and play the best, best I can. When you've been working with Brian Campbell, who, when he started his career, and his whole career, was an offensive defenseman, but he was able to grow that defensive game as he went along. Is that someone you tried to model your game after? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I didn't watch him that much uh, mm-hmm. because I was too young when he was played. But, yeah, of course, I watched him after, and he was an unbelievable yeah. player. And uh, I, I just, at the end of the day, I want to be like Adam Boquist. So I'm just trying to be take everything in and uh, do it best out there. Well, this offseason, the Blackhawks added some defensive players. 
um, Calvin DeHaan and Ole Mata. And now it's a deeper defense, and that maybe limits your opportunity to make the team out of camp. Do you see that as a challenge? you really want to try to win a spot, or does it take some pressure off you to have to come in and contribute right away? Uh, no, of course it's exciting to be here, and uh, I'm just trying to be do my best out there. Uh, and then at the end of the day, it's up to the staff where I'm going to play. All right, well, what do you think you need to do? What do you think you need to show this coaching staff to make the team? Yeah, just like be myself. Like I can't be another guy here. And I'm here because I'm Adam Bolquist, so I'm just going to do my best. All right, that was our interview with Adam Boquist from today at Prospects Camp. I want to thank uh, Will and everybody at the Blackhawks for making that happen. And, of course, thanks, Adam, for being a willing interview subject. Uh, nice kid. Young. Very young. I, when I came around the corner and saw him, James, I was like, this is a child. Surely this is not Adam Boquist. But, and, and it was reinforced to me when during the interview he goes, yeah, I was uh, too young to remember Brian Campbell playing. <laughs> yeah, that made me feel old, too. It definitely has one of those vibes that this guy, like we're, we're hitting that age now where yes. players like the him are almost young enough to be our kids. I know. Well, he definitely, what is he, 18? He's, I'm I believe, 41. 19. I'm 23 years older than him. Yeah. I'm uh, 15 years older than him, so I'm not quite at that level yet. I'm getting there, though. You're not quite as old as I am. Congratulations. By the way, have you done <laughs> the face app thing that everyone's doing today? No, I have not. You got to do um, it. I heard, I heard uh, that that is actually uh, owned by a, like some random Russian company, and I'm not about that life. So oh, They're going to steal your face? Well, who knows what they're going to do? Like, it's, again, it's again, it's one of those things. The old adage, you know, if a product is free, then you're the product or something like that. Like, well, I have nothing I, to I hide. What's going to go on there? My life is boring as hell and I have no money, so I have nothing to hide or protect. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, says the homeowner. Yeah, well, not for long. Anyway, um, that's nah, not true. My, my home <laughs> yeah, is not safe. after you gave them your face. My mortgage <laughs> is only a week late. Don't don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Anything you take away from that interview? What I liked about it was his. I think in the media we're always like, "Do you want to be like this guy?" So it's easy for us to reference again. And he's like, "No, mm-hmm. I, I want to be Anna Boquist. I don't want to be Brian Campbell. I don't want to be whoever. I want to be myself. And if I'm myself." That's how I'm going to have success. And the other thing to me that stood out was how when I asked him about the improving defense, he said, I used to think about it a lot. It was something that was always on my mind. Defend, defend, defend. Now he said he actually said it wrong. Like now it's in my back. I think he said what he mean, meaning it's now it's in the back of his head where right. it's not front of his thought all the time. And he can just more instinctually defend. And those are the things like I, I talked about last segment those were definitely visible. That was a confident, not a perfect defender, but a confident defender. And look, if Adam Boquist becomes Brian Campbell, that works. That works for a number eight pick in the draft. Yeah. It honestly does. Yeah. I mean, a offensive first defenseman, and that's what they knew they were getting, but a capable defender in his prime. Uh, not, maybe not a guy who's going to draw t- you know, the toughest competition, but a guy you can put out there for 17, 18 minutes and feel good about it. I think if Boquist continues on the trajectory he's on, he's going to be at least that. I, I I, can't wait for you to see him on Friday. I hope he impresses as much in the scrimmage as he did today in these two-on-two and one-on-one and two on one drills because he was great. He was the best player on the ice today. That's high praise, man. Uh, I definitely like you. I made I did make note of the fact that he was very matter of fact about his defensive skill and definitely talked about it becoming more natural to him as the season went on instead of having to constantly think about what angle to take, you know, what strategy he was going to use, whether he was going to go for the poke check or use the body or whatever it was that he's going to do. I like the fact that he's very open and honest about that. I also like the little bit of humility you saw at the beginning of that where he's like, look, I'm not going to come in here and, you know, try to pretend like I'm a leader on this team. Like I'm not at that point in my career yet where I can go kind of being that guy at 19 years old. But I mean, he did also indicate that he's willing at some point to do that. He says he's still maturing as a player and you definitely 
get that vibe and talking to him. It just he seems like a guy who kind of he kind of gets like how this development arc is supposed to go. He realizes there's probably going to be ups and downs, but at the same time, like he knows what he's working on. He knows the process that he's taking to get there. And it seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. And like you said, he's very clearly skilled. So if he ends up hitting like kind of rough patches, it does seem like he has the mental fortitude to get through them. Definitely. Uh, By the way, one thing I want you to check out, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, the Blackhawks posted a video of Kirby Doc mic'd up during it was actually yesterday during prospects camp yesterday when we were waiting for Stan Bowman to speak today. The digital team was in the media uh, press box working on this. And it's funny. You can see that he's kind of gregarious on the ice. He likes to mess around with people. Uh, it's kind of an interesting look because I think Doc has been really kind of buttoned up since he's been drafted, like wants to say the right things. Very Tavesian in that way. But to see him like in his element on the ice, his confidence and his uh, the way he is with his teammates, it was cool to see. So check that out. I know they tweeted it. I'm sure it's on the website. Uh, Kirby Doc mic'd up. Very cool thing the Blackhawks did. With that, I want to wrap things up. James, anything you want to add before we uh, tie a bow on this fancy little podcast? Can't wait to talk next week again about uh, probably another trade, you know, because that's just kind of how this thing's been going lately. Definitely. And it will definitely happen when I'm busy because that's all that it's all always does. Yep. You got it, man. Thank James. Thanks for joining me tonight on somewhat short notice. Also want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and, of course, our good friends at Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing, in Homewood, Illinois. For my partner, James Neveau, this is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com.